and welcome to the One Degree Shift podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams, and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy. Campbell, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift podcast. How are you today? I am good, mate. I am good. Thanks for having me. Man, it's uh, it's not often that we get fellow speakers on the podcast, but it's even more rare that we get world record breakers. Can you tell the guests what you've done in the past years that ultimately got us to where we're talking today? Man, that is flattering. I'm just a normal Aussie kid at, at heart. Any more laid back, I'll be lying down is how I explain myself. And Back in 2013, I become the youngest person and the first teenager in history to fly a single engine airplane solo around the world. And the way that come about in a normal Aussie family was two years of hard work. It was fundraising a quarter of a million dollars on a laptop computer. It was training and preparing as a pilot, finding an airplane. You know, you think it's hard to rent a car at 25. You should try rent an airplane at 17 to fly solo around the world. <laughs> but it was the byproduct of a lot of years of hard work, not just planning that trip, but learning to fly. So I was a passionate young kid driven beyond belief uh, to learn to fly airplanes at a young age. And when I was 14 years old, I found a couple of after-school jobs, funded my way through flying lessons. And I actually first soloed an airplane the day I turned 15. And I was taking my buddies flying from school at 16. So I was legally allowed to take them for a ride. And I couldn't drive a car. They could drive a car being 17. I couldn't drive a car. So we cut a deal where like they drive me to the airport after school. I'd take them flying, but they had to drop me home. So, you know, I from scratch 14, back, you scratch mine, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think sure we got a waiver they, from mom and dad. <laughs> they a hundred percent got the best end of the deal, but <laughs> aviation was my life. It was my identity. It was who I was. And I wasn't interested in fanfare or media or anything like that. I purely just thrived on this idea of doing things that humans few humans have ever done. And in my mm-hmm. case, as a teenager, no one had ever done it. You know, we broke a world record to be the youngest, but I was the first teenager and, and always will be. So in the footsteps is, you know, as close as I'll ever get to those aviation pioneers I always looked up to. And and that led to this 24,000 mile journey, man, single engine airplane, you know, 160 gallons of fuel in the cockpit with me, uh, 24,000 miles, 35 stops, 15 countries, you know, flying across the Pacific Ocean uh, with one one engine. The shortest leg was 20 minutes. The longest leg was 15 hours. 60,000 foot thunderstorms and icing and all these different ups and downs of what you would consider the perfect adventure. Mm-hmm. And uh, after 70 days of flying, I, I landed back in Australia at age 19. And yes, we'd broken a record. Yes, we created history. But you know what? That didn't even matter. My mum forced me to, to submit the Guinness World Record paperwork. And that's mm-hmm. not a lie. I'm, I'm glad she did because mm-hmm. mums are always right. But at the end of the day, what mattered was the lives we'd impacted along the way, the way I'd grown and transformed. And then, you know, with a book, the way that we spread the story and inspired others, young and old, to not only learn to fly, but, you know, go out and chase their wildest, loftiest dreams. And now that's brought you into the speaking circuit. You're now living in, in Nashville. You're, you're in America. You're living the dream, so to speak. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Looking back, what has that journey, what has that adventure taught you? What, you know, what, what, what comes to mind? What's, what's so important now that you might not have realized was so important before you took that flight? My journey was purely a comparison opportunity. And, you know, the round the world flight was the highs, you know, the meeting the Royals and being named one of Australia's future greatest explorers. But 
a severe plane crash at age 21 where I was diagnosed a paraplegic, the only survivor uh, after an engine failure on takeoff in a vintage biplane, which changed my entire existence. Mm. It, it put me in a position where I had to learn to walk again. That was the learning moment. Mm. And I think the round the world flight set the high and it set the scene for that moment in time where everything changed. And I went to the most absolutely backbreaking low and was faced with this cliche decision of sink or swim. So it was a comparison opportunity to say, well, where do we grow? Like where do we become our best selves, our most resilient, you know, adaptive, just incredible humans ready to take on the world and ride out the, you know, the bumps to become, as I call it, turbulence tough. Well, mm. it comes in the, the moments of adversity and the lows and, as a young guy, I was given the most polar opposite lows, higher than most people ever experience, mm -hmm. lower than most people ever experience. And it was, it was tough, but it was transformational. And I'm so unbelievably proud of that opportunity. And, and now obviously an ability to, to share the opportunity within, I suppose, adversity, you know, mm -hmm. with every audience that we can uh, step foot in front of. When I hear your story and, you know, we, we're, we're pals, I've heard it in person, you know, we, we've been, we've been chatting lots, but it reminds me of the entrepreneurial journey, although to a much greater extreme, we always hear about the entrepreneurs who are, you know, eating craft dinner in an itchy band, sleeping on a mattress with no <laughs> bed frame or, or, you know, on the floor in a dark basement, you know, where rats are running around. And, you know, we make this story as dramatic as possible because the high after that is so incredible. But what, you know, what, what catches me as, as interesting is that we, all have our our relative rock bottom you know pain is is subjective you know highs are subjective too and i'm curious to understand your perspective or your take at that sort of sink or swim moment you know i, I believe that life is a series of thousands of of decisions you know, i mean we make them every day and i also believe that there is one pivotal decision that we make that sets us on a new course and subsequent decisions that are perhaps equally important. But there's one that I think sets us off on a path. Was there one decision that you made? Do you remember, especially because you've got such, such an extreme story that you said, no, I'm not going to sink. I'm going to swim. And can you take me through that process? Because this, I think, is the one degree shift operationalized, really. And you're going to be really underwhelmed by this because in this one moment in time and you are hundred percent right. My mum was the one who first heard it and she was very disappointed. Mm -hmm. I remember being in hospital in a position where I was on a physical challenge, you know, absolutely. But it was really a mental challenge, right. you know, being an only survivor and, and being having the very thing that gave me I, my identity have, mm -hmm. to have that taken away, put me in a position where I was struggling. You know, mm -hmm. people were watching me all the time. And I had all of these incredible individuals trying to tell me how to climb the mountain, providing me the tips, the tricks, the mindsets, mm -hmm. the advice, man, I had everyone from the ex Australian Wallabies rugby team coach. I had my mum, my dad, my brothers, doctors, nurses, other patients, everyone was giving me their little one degree shift or, or sure. idea, you know, that I should take on. I remember wheeling out one morning in my wheelchair it was purple with white wheels. It's all the reason I needed to get out of it. And I remember wheeling into the cafeteria and I pushed my own chair out of the way. You know, I pushed the chair out of the way because I brought my own. And I remember, you know, wheeling up and saying good morning to my mum. And I said, you know what? I said, I think I've finally worked out how I'm going to get through this. And my mum's eyes lit up. You could see hope inside of her. Like I, you know, found a turning point and I said, I'm going to harden the hell up. And she was underwhelmed. Adversity is a byproduct of breathing. 
life is a series of decisions. We're going to have moments where we have to choose a sink or swim. Adversity is not a competition. You don't have to go and be in a plane crash or have cancer or lose a limb or have a head injury or brain mm-hmm. injury mm-hmm. to be classed as someone who's facing adversity. You could just sure. not want to make your bed in the morning and not mm-hmm. want to go to the gym. I'm, I'm the perfect contender for that one. You know, we all have our own version of the worst possible thing happening to us right now that we have to combat. Unfortunately for me, the very first step to climbing back was to understand that I had to be tough. You know, this was going to be hard. There are no golden nuggets, golden tickets to a better future. It comes down to me and those decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's where turbulence comes from. We have to be able to ride out the bumps. Clear air turbulence, what we cannot see ahead of us, the bumps we cannot see are the hardest bumps. The 60,000 foot thunderstorm that I uh, come up against in a single engine toy airplane in the middle of the Pacific Ocean was so visible. It went from sea level to 60,000 feet. Mm. I flew around it. Mm -hmm. I flew 180 miles to the right of track. I flew around that. Sure. Was I a little low on fuel when I got to Hawaii? Yeah. (laughs) But I flew around that storm. That's not the challenges in life. When we can see a challenge coming and we can go around it, that's easy. It's a clear air turbulence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's flying along on a sunny day and going bang. And all of a sudden the seatbelt light, you know, sign comes on and, and we've got to, you know, buckle up and hold on. And you grab the leg of the person next to you. who You don't know you've never met in your life and you're scared. You know, we've all been in that position. Yeah we have to realize that we need to be tough. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, that's going to change our mindset. And we can begin to work on ourselves from a mental point of view, because at the end of the day, as I always say, life is one and lost above the shoulders. We, mm-hmm. we start to build ourselves mentally into a more resilient human. We start to acquire what I call a mindset toolbox full of tools. Mm-hmm. We start to, look into the world around us. I mean, my phone is here somewhere. I'd show you if I had it, but you know, this is, you know, this is our secret right now mm-hmm. to growing to incredibly resilient levels. We have all the, the tools around us, mm-hmm. but we have to make that mental shift to say, right. I need to be tough. We need to build the toolbox from that point on. It's a process, but that, that decision that I made in the middle of the night, that wheeling out moment to mom and just being like, I've got to harden the hell up mm-hmm. was my, was my turning point. That's the day I decided to swim despite anything that would come my way. And, and mate, I'm still swimming this year. I mean, yeah. it's a big pool this year. We're still yeah. swimming. Well, Hey man, congratulations on the incredible distance that you've come uh, in the, in the past years and, and continue to go, I guess if a follow up question, what this makes me think of again is, is just an analogy, a, a tie into the uh, clear air turbulence that we've all seen in the past eight months with the number of deaths, with the job loss, with the, with the flipping upside down of the world that we live in for, for, for lack of a better phrase. And I'm hearing that, that we need to be turbulence tough too. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that from you. I'm hearing that we need to harden up. I'm hearing that there are tough times ahead and there always will be. What's the relationship between mental health and taking downtime and, and, and feeling these feelings while still having to toughen up too? Because I see a, a, a bit yeah. of a relationship between the two. 100% mate. And, and I frame it in a way that you're just going to be like, you know me, so you already know mm-hmm. maybe where this is going. But I call it, I ask a question to the mm-hmm. audience and that is what's your pink Cadillac? Mm. And everyone just goes, what? Like, mm-hmm. what is this guy on? Mm-hmm. We have to spend so much of our lives grinding, just working mm-hmm. every day. We have to be tough. We have to get up. We have to show up. We have to move forward. All that, I hate to say, cliche stuff that yeah. makes us successful and, and great leaders. But 
again, the downtime is so unbelievably important. Without mm-hmm. that balance, we're going to burn out and we're just going to end up in a flaming heap. I made a decision when I moved to America that I was going to, I actually went to Graceland's, wrong hand. I went to Graceland's in mm-hmm. Memphis and I mm-hmm. bought that. Yeah, And that's a model pink Cadillac. And I, my housemate said to me at the time, why? Why do you have that? And I said, mate, mm-hmm. one day I'm going to own a pink Cadillac. There's no reason why. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely illogical. No one needs a two and a half ton pink car, yeah. but I want one. It mm-hmm. makes me smile. And I ended up purchasing this pink car. Now, if you can see it on screen now, you can see it. This thing yeah. is it's two and a half tons. It's, it's a work huge. of art. <laughs> it is a lead sled. I will tell you, mate, that I've never seen a machine for $20,000, a machine that has brought more smiles, more laughter, more mm. honks of the horn, more waves, more pure happiness to mm-hmm. the people around that car, including me. It has changed mm-hmm. my life. So I asked the question, what's your pink Cadillac? What's the one thing you do for you? Mm-hmm. That's illogical. It doesn't quite make sense. It doesn't fit the budget. It doesn't fit into the mold of what people think you are. And it doesn't maybe, it's not understood by the other people in your family or mm-hmm. your company or your friends group, but it makes you smile like a kid. Mm-hmm. It just and it doesn't have to be a physical object. It may be a pink Cadillac. It may be the guitar you always wanted, but it may be a walk on the beach. Yeah, it may be the promise to you that every Thursday night is wine night. You know, a picnic by the river. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I know you love craft beer. It yeah. may be just you know, I want to go out and find a new craft beer, you know, maybe date night, which I do with my partner once a week, mm-hmm. Rich and I go on a date night it has to be somewhere new. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're running out of places, but what's your pink Cadillac. So make sure that we, we are turbulence tough every day mm-hmm. that we show up and, and we acquire the right tools to fill our mindset toolbox, but make sure that we all have a pink Cadillac. We have something that takes the weight off our shoulders for just a little yeah. bit, allows us to reset, recoup and, and um, move forward. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about my pink Cadillac now and, I'm going to have to come back to you on that one because I wanted to be as bold as a, a pink Cadillac, but maybe you set the bar pretty high. I'll be quite honest with you. But maybe that's the lesson here is it doesn't have to be bold. You know, if we all drive around in pink cars, then that pink car wouldn't have the curb appeal that it does when I drive it down the street amongst mm. missing pulsars and, you know, forerunners. It doesn't have to be about, it's not about the size. The car mm. stands out because it is a pink Cadillac. Everyone thinks mm. it's Elvis or Mary Kay or Bruce Springsteen, but all that it matters in that yeah. question is that your pink Cadillac is your pink Cadillac, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. 10 minutes of meditation in the morning, you know, a uh, piece of toast with Vegemite on it. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I'm it's telling you what, you it's happy. not the piece of toast with Vegemite <laughs> on it. It is not that, in fact. I had that oh, for man. breakfast this morning on brekkie, as we'd say. So that's, that's oh, I'll train you. <laughs> man, uh, you must have had to fly that in from Australia, speaking of. Anyway. I did. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The One Degree Shift podcast is short, it's bite-sized, and it's actionable. So I, I want to end us, our, our conversation today, by opening up that mindset toolbox. And I want you to give or help people understand what's in there and what step they can take right now when they want to be turbulence tough and when they want to look at their, their pink Cadillac. I think you gave, you gave us a lot, especially when it came, comes to the pink Cadillac. But what's the one thing that you can do when you realize it's sink or swim time and, and you got to swim? 100%. So we'll do it in record time. So... I have filled my mindset toolbox with tools over the last five years. I mm-hmm. have backdated my life whilst I was in hospital, thought about all the things in, in the past from the round the world mm-hmm. flight to the people. I, and I've, I've used those moments and unpacked them in, you know, into tools and placed them in the toolbox. So my toolbox is full. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always, it's overflow. 
Mm-hmm. I realized in a moment of change or challenge, you know, when we're in shock, we're uncertain, we're scared, just like this year, even with a full toolbox, it's hard to reach in there and pull out the right tools. Yeah. So I went into my toolbox and I found the three tools that I use the most and I turned them into a three-step checklist. Mm-hmm. This is a checklist that won't solve all your problems. It'll merely put you in a more change and challenge ready mindset. It's exactly what we need. It's a two minute checklist. Every single time we come up against a problem, why is it a checklist very briefly as a pilot, when the red light flashes, the warning buzzer sounds, man, we don't just start pulling random levers and pressing random buttons. We use a checklist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every time we go through the same items that hopefully lands, lands us, you know, in a place where we find a solution. Mm -hmm. I made a checklist, not for an aircraft, but for everyday life, three steps, to navigating change, gratitude, confidence, and resilience. Mm-hmm. When you find yourself up against a challenge, making your bed or battling cancer or learning to walk again, I want you yeah. to find gratitude. First step, finding gratitude, finding something to be thankful for in the challenge that you're up against shrinks the mountain that you have to climb before you even start to climb it. If you do not think there's something to be thankful for, then you're not looking hard enough. I mm-hmm. found gratitude in the fact that I had movement above my waist as opposed to what I'd lost below my waist. I was lucky to be a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. Shrink the mountain with gratitude. Go to your second step, confidence. We all have to be confident in our ability to go from where we are right now to the end goal, the resolution, mm-hmm. the solution. How do we do it? We do it by locking in the next step. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know when 2020 is is going to just you know get better. I'd love to know when the pandemic will go away. I'd love to know a lot of things. You know, We talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's not how the world works. Mm-hmm. So zoom out, look at the big picture, look where you are, where you want to be, decide on what the next step is, zoom in, get to work. I promise you that's progress. Mm-hmm. You will be so much better off for it. When you get to the end of that next step, you know what there is? There's another next step. There always mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So you've found gratitude. You've shrunk the mountain. You've started to climb it. You know your next step. You're working your way up the side of that mountain. How do you get to the top? You need resilience. Mate, there is no gold nugget to make your life easy. If I knew the gold nugget, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be on my yacht somewhere in some island sipping margaritas. Mm-hmm. We have to be resilient. And resiliency comes from anticipating the need to adapt by looking ahead and understanding that, yes, there will be obstacles. We'll have to jump left. We'll have to jump right. That's going to happen. By anticipating them, looking forward, thinking about what potentially may happen, thinking about maybe some potential, you know, ways that we can actually overcome those problems if they do arise. When they arrive at our, our doorstep, the shock value is taken away. No one can think straight in a moment of shock. Mm. The shock value is taken away by anticipating them. We've made them part of the process, man. So mm-hmm. we've found gratitude, found confidence, and now we've found resilience. And every time we come up against a challenge, spend two minutes to find the answers to those three questions. That's mm-hmm. your three-step checklist to navigating change. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to clap into the mic because our listeners <laughs> would be just totally upset, but I'm just like <laughs> air clapping for those who can't see. Thank you for that, man. Uh, that's incredible. Where, where, can, where can people get in touch with you? And you can uh, find me on all the socials at, at Ryan Campbell speaking and, and connect that way. Or you can jump on the website, which is www.ryancampbell.co. It's not .com. I can't afford the M yet. It's .co. Okay. So ryancampbell.co. So, uh, and then use the hashtag turbulence tough. We'd love to hear about what you do in your day-to-day life to make yeah. sure that you're turbulence tough. So. I love it. Man, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for so much for having me. I appreciate it. All See right, you, take care. 